the Lord's house. We're thankful here at Landmark Baptist Church. Have your Bibles turn with me to the eighth chapter of the book of Acts, if you would. Eighth chapter of the book of Acts. Let's stand as we honor God's word by standing. And uh, I'm going to begin reading in the 26th verse of the eighth chapter of Acts. Now, if you read the uh, if you read the um, words of wisdom, then this is uh, a step off from the words of wisdom, the message that I'm going to be preaching to you right now. The eighth chapter, the eighth verse of of chapter eight. I mean, the twenty seventh verse, the twenty sixth verse of chapter eight says. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great, of great um, authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all the, her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit, let me get this over here. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to his chariot, this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him. And heard him and the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I accept a man, some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he was read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb, dumb before the shearer, so opened not, he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation for his life, for his, for his life is taken from the earth. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for everything, Lord. Thank you for what's always taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to lead souls to Christ, and we have that great opportunity. Some are not taking advantage of it, but, but Lord, it's there, and, and the Lord will uh, use it. They'll use you. They'll use, uh, they'll use me. They'll use anyone that would, goes out with the, with the uh, leadership of the Spirit to, to witness and tell people about Christ. Thank you for everything, Lord, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> title of this message is Leading Souls to Christ. Leading Souls to Christ. Now, it's an important thing. I, uh, when we talk about uh, leading souls, uh, somebody sometime in some place has led souls to Christ. You know how I know? Because we've had two of them that have come here wanting to know more about Jesus, wanting to know more about it. And that's always a blessing. You know, I, I've had, I have opportunity to preach to people, but I tell you, you can do more good 
setting someone down and talking to them about their soul than I can ever do up here preaching every Sunday. Uh, you know, it's a blessing when the Lord uh, gives souls and when the Lord saves souls. The Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven over every soul that, that comes to Christ. I'm just paraphrasing. Rejoicing in heaven. Heaven rejoices when you lead souls to Christ. And if you, if you read the, uh, words of wisdom from the bulletin, you know that I used two scriptures at the bottom of it, of what, what I said there, the two scriptures had to do with winning souls to Christ and realizing that uh, a wise person, a wise person will lead a soul to Christ. That uh, a person that can do that, a person that God uses uh, when when they talk to someone is a great blessing. It's a great. It's it's just something that to, that that to. It's a wonderful thing when when you lead someone to Christ. I've I've been preaching to people, leading uh, uh, leading souls and everything all these years, and and it's it's a blessing. Every one of them. It it never gets old. It never gets tiring. It never gets to where. You just, you just, you don't want to do it because every time, as I've said before, every time you get discouraged, uh, uh, you know, some, something will come along and will lift you back up. And, and that's what happens when you lead souls to Christ, you know. You'd be surprised what, uh, people will do. You, you, you're never going to know how many people you led to Christ until you get to heaven someday. Someday you're going to have a crown. And someday that crown's going to have jewels in it. And, and because that, those jewels in that crown represents those souls that you have led to Christ. That's what, and, and there's going to be a lot of people that's going to get that crown and it's not going to have a jewel in it. And, but regardless of whether it's got a jewel in it or not, you know, it's, it's going to be the fact is that if we don't lead people to Christ, if we don't lead them uh, uh, in, in the way, then uh, God's not going to be pleased with us when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He's not going to be pleased with us uh, having an empty crown with nothing in it. That's like the message I was telling about Brother Buddy Wilson, who preached revival for us one year. He came to came up the pulpit with a fish string around his neck. And uh, everybody was wondering why Brother Buddy had a fish string around his neck. And he held that fish stringer up. He said, some of you are going to, going to go to Jesus without a fish on your stringer. You know, the Bible says we're fishers of men. And he said, some of you are going to go with an empty stringer because you have not gone and done what you should do. And it's... It's not going to be. It's not going to be a good thing, you know. Uh, some people say, "Well, if I just get to stand before the the judgment seat of Christ, that'll be a great thing." But it's not going to be a good thing when God begins to tell us, "You think you think maybe the preacher's hard? Then you, you you're going to be hard. It's going to be hard that day when we realize, you know, that that w- that we haven't been doing what we should do. It is clearly." And concisely, I, I, let me say it this way, it is clearly and concisely believed here at Landmark Baptist Church 
that no man, woman, boy, or girl has a power to save a soul. None of you have a power to save a soul. I don't have a power to save a soul. People ask me, they'll say, well, how many souls did you save? And I'll say, none. And, and they keep asking, how many souls have you saved? I'll say, none. How many souls do you say? They say, none. Well, then uh, you're not, you're, you must not be doing what the Lord would have you to do. No, we can't save a soul. You can't save a soul. I can't save a soul. And if we, we believe that here. And we teach that here at Landmark Baptist Church. That you can do nothing to save a soul. All the Bible says is you talk to them. All the Bible says is, is you tell them what has happened to you. You know, if, you, if you're saved, you should want to tell other people what has happened to you and, and, and why, that, uh, why you would like to see them saved. This belief, as I just mentioned, has clearly and concisely caused some uh, not to be missionary. You know, and, and I want to tell you because of that is, you know, you don't have to do anything to stay saved. And some people ride that horse as long as they can. You know, they ride that horse. I don't, I don't have to do anything to be saved. Well, but God expects us to be soul winners. He expects us to, because he said that those who win souls are wise, he expects us. Landmark Missionary Baptists are just are just that. We're missionary. That's what we do. That's what missionary Baptists do. They go out and they tell people about Christ. That's why Jesus told the, the church there in, in Matthew, the 28th chapter, he told the church, he said, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. They're, they're, the, word, the church has a work to do. I mean, sometimes we think that it's just a place that we go. A church has a work to do. It takes everybody in here to do the work the way it's supposed to be done. It takes everybody in here, not just the preacher, not just the preacher, not not just the deacon, not just maybe one or two people of the church, but it takes everybody for this church to function as it should function. If we don't, then the Lord will take it away from us. He will. He'll take it away from us. He'll he'll take completely away if we don't do what we're what we're supposed to do as a church. So we're missionary Baptists, and that's what we are. We are a people who believe it is necessary to go out from a uh, from the congregation of baptized believers and lead men to Christ. This means that we go out and we lead souls to the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't save them, but God lays the burden of, le- of leading souls to Christ firmly upon the shoulders of his church by giving every member of that church a burden to lead souls to Christ. Do you have that burden today? Do you have that burden? Do you have a burden in you to lead, to, to talk? Uh, there's one time when when uh, um, Jeremiah said, Jeremiah said, I, 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 I said at one time I wasn't going to do it anymore. I brought this out last Sunday. Maybe, maybe last Sunday, maybe Wednesday night. But anyway, I brought this out uh, uh, that Jeremiah said, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to speak about the Lord anymore. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And what did he say? He said, but I've got a burning in my bones that will not let me keep my mouth shut. And that's the way it should be with every one of us. We should have that burning down inside of us. You you wonder why preachers want to preach. You know, I mean, it's a uh, it's not an easy thing to sit back there in that little room and get a sermon. Not an easy thing to do. You know, you'll say, well, what are you going to preach next Sunday, preacher? What are you going to preach the next Sunday, preacher? Well, 
we have to wait and see what the Lord would have for us to preach. And we, I can't tell you ahead of time what it is, but I do know that if, if I ever said that I wasn't going to preach anymore, I wasn't going to tell anybody about Christ, wasn't going to tell anybody about the truth or anything, <coughs> there is something down inside of me that says, yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're not going to give it up. You know, I'm, I'll soon be 76 years old. And, and people start giving stuff up when they get old. Well, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm probably too blind to be here today. And, and, uh, but, uh, but the fact is, you know, you can't, you can't stay away from it. You know, Winston was speaking Wednesday night, and I thank Winston for doing that Wednesday night, because I don't know if I could have seen enough through those dark glasses I had to wear, uh, because of these lights in here. They bothered me today, but not as bad as they would have Wednesday night. But I'm thankful that Winston took that duty upon himself and, and took care of the services here Wednesday night. But the thing about it is, is, you know, we not only, we not only are we to lead them to Christ, but we're to, we're to see that they're baptized and we're to see that they're taught the all things. You know, that's, that, that's a job. That's a job. You know, it, it, it may, you may lead somebody to Christ and that's not the end of it. You may say, well, I, I, I did exactly what Brother Paul said to do. I went out and I preached and I led somebody to Christ. That's not all of it. He says, not only do you lead them to Christ, but he says you baptize them and you teach them. And, and that's exactly what we're going to do to these, uh, 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 these young people that have come to Billy Ray and those we're going to teach them. We're going to teach them what, what they should know. The first Baptist church at Jerusalem had the burden of souls. How many of God's people were responsible for leading those souls to Christ? And we, we, we just don't know, but I do know it took more than just one or two preachers. And you know how many people came forward first time Peter preached? But it wasn't Peter. Those people were already ready to come. You know how many people came forward the first time? 5,000 souls. 5,000 people came forward the first time. And, and somebody, somewhere, those people didn't just decide all of a sudden to, to come. I mean, they, the, the, the church at Jerusalem, some say that it may have as many as 20,000 people in it. But the fact is, first time Peter preached, there was 5,000 souls saved. The next time he preached, there was 3,000 souls saved. So there was 8,000 people saved there in one, in, 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 in one preaching, or one, one time. There was 8,000 souls saved. And uh, how many thousand was already there? But people got out and the Lord told them. Lord told them, he says, you're going to have to get out further away. All these people that came, they were right there around Jerusalem. He said, you're going to have to get further away. But they didn't do it. They stayed right there. They did it. What did the Lord do? He sent persecution among them. He sent them out. You know, and and, and he sent them out. Uh, to, to, to preach, go and preach somewhere else. There's churches that were started as a result of that. The church at Antioch was started as a result of, of God, uh, bringing persecution on the church there and scattering them out. The church at Antioch was started. The church at Derby, uh, the, the church at Iconium, uh, and all those churches were started as a result of that. All the way down to when some of the first Jews that went out, that went out that, 
didn't didn't do what they did. Peter and 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 Paul uh, had to preach to those. That's, that's what we're talking about Wednesday night. Some of some of those Jews that went out. So and, and the Bible says, as a result of what happened at at the First Baptist Church at Jerusalem, as a result of what happened, and the the Bible says, and the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. A great company of priests were obedient to the faith. You'll say, well, now that was priest. A great company of preachers. No, let me tell you, folks. Paul teaches in Hebrews that every one of us are priests. We're priests. Every one of you are priests. That's what gives you, that's what gives you the, the, the authority to go out and and, 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 and lead souls to Christ. Because every one of us that are saved, we're priests. Uh, uh, we're we're going to get into that on Wednesday nights eventually. He said, we're priests. And, and, uh, and, and so eventually, you know, we find out that the priest increased and it went out and they, people came in and, uh, they increased greatly, but also the people increased greatly. Because the priest increased greater, those that went out. One should, one should inquire as to the great company of priests. There is no way one can apply this great company of priests to the Old Testament priesthood. This great company of priests were all those who had assembled themselves at the First Baptist Church of Jerusalem and had been obedient to God in leading souls to Christ. Every one of them were. Every one of those, a great, great number of priests he talks about there in Acts 6 and verse 7 in that. The old excuse that this is up to the preacher to do will not hold water. It's not just up to the preacher to do. It's not just up to your preacher to go. You're to go. You're to go and you're to win souls. You're wise. You're wise if you do that. You're to go. You're to win souls to Christ. You'll say, well, I don't know how to do that. God you don't have to know how to do it. All you got to do is go and tell them what happened to you. Just tell them what happened to you. You don't have to. You don't have to have somebody right there and just jump up and and go on. I've had people over the years. I've went and talked with people, and and four or five years later, you know, they'll come to church and they'll say, uh, "You came and talked to me uh, sometime back." They'll say, "You came and talked to me sometime back," and the Lord's been dealing with me ever since. Four or five years, and and they'll come. You know, they, you don't you don't you don't expect them to come right then. They'll come, uh, and 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 they'll they'll eventually come if the Lord's dealing with them. Now, there are um, some some we need to realize when we talk about leading souls to Christ. There are anxious souls out there. There are anxious souls out there that's just waiting to be talked to. You'll say, "Oh, where are they?" They're out there. What did, what did Jesus say? Jesus said he looks out and says he saw where, where the, the, the harvest was ripe. The harvest was ripe. He said, he said it's ripe. He said the fields are ripe. But he says, where are the workers that are going to go? They're out there. You know, and I was thinking about, uh, uh, Aniston coming. You know, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, unless you come, it's this little child. Then he said, uh, you, you're never going to know what it's like to know the Lord is your Savior. 
So, you know, you've got to go out there because the Lord said it's ready. The fields are ripe. They're out there. There are anxious souls out there just ready to be talked to. Do we believe that this Ethiopian nobleman was just by chance searching the Scriptures? No, not by chance. Do you think it was just by chance that uh, that Philip went there? No, the Bible says God sent Philip there to talk to him. This, this man had been at a meeting. He'd been at the Jerusalem church in a meeting there. At, and, and I don't know, Bible conference or something they had there uh, at, the, at, the, at the First Baptist Church there in Jerusalem. He had been there. And and uh, and he and he had he had, he had started. Evidently, somebody there preached from Isaiah, the prophet. Somebody preached from Isaiah the prophet, so he was in the scriptures reading it, and he was reading it. And then God sent Philip, and Philip went up there, and Philip saw he was reading the scriptures, and Philip said, "Understand us what thou readest? Do you know what you're reading?" He said, no, how can I know <coughs> except some man teach me? How can I know except some man lead me? How can I know? How can they know except you lead them? How can they know except you tell them? You, you'll say, well, I'd like to see some of my family say, well, how can, how, do you, how can they ever know if you don't go and tell them? You know, if you don't go and tell them, you know, that's uh, we'll just accept the fact that Somebody comes and says, well, I don't agree with nothing you teach. We'd accept that. We go on. We leave them alone. We don't say, say nothing to them. You know, and I, well, we've had that happen right here. People come in here and they'll, they'll say, well, I, I don't accept. They, they tell their family. They don't tell me. They tell their family. Well, I don't, I don't believe anything. I don't believe none of that stuff. Well, how are they ever going to believe it if you don't tell it to them? How, 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 you just let them go. You don't, you don't go and tell them, said, Yes, this this is the truth. If you believe it yourself, you don't believe it yourself. You 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 don't need to be talking to them. But 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 you need to tell them. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's daddy, mama, uncle, aunt, brother, sister, whoever it is. You need to tell them. They're going to tell you they don't agree with that. As people tell me all the time, I don't agree with nothing. Uh, I don't agree with nothing you teach. But yet that doesn't stop me from teaching them. That doesn't stop me from telling them. And it shouldn't stop you from telling them either. So there's a lot of anxious souls out there in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, listen, folks, people don't come to Landmark Baptist Church by accident. People don't, people don't come. You'll notice, uh, after Easter, first thing people ask me, first thing they'll ask me Monday morning after Easter Sunday, they'll say, I guess your building was full. Sunday, I said, no, it wasn't. You mean you mean your building wasn't full? They said our building was full. I said, they, I said, no, they wasn't. And, and they say, well, what kind of church you got over there? You know, the, people don't come here by accident. They're sent here for some reason or another. They're sent here. My neighbor, she came here, and every time, every time Rhonda talks to her, every time she talks to me. She talks about uh, uh, the Lord and talks wants me to tell her more about what we believe and what we stand for. I mean, she's a uh, she's kind of a wild person, <laughs> but she but she wants to know. She wants to know what we believe and she wants to know more about what we believe. 
and what we stand for. You know, you might say, well, uh, she just being nosy. No, she wants to know. So what if she's nosy? Why, my goodness, uh, I like to see a lot of nosy people want to come in and know what we want to know what we believe and what we stand for. It's up to us to tell them what we believe and what we stand for. God didn't set us here to come to this worship to socialize. We come to this worship because we want to know what God has for us to do. As God's children, we have a desire to do it. We want to know. We want to know what God, we come here wanting to know what would God have us do. What I'm telling you today, what God would have you do, what God would have you do this week. Go out and witness to people. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Calvary Baptist Church in Cynthia, Kentucky, we were running about 15, 16 people. And they got on fire for God. The women started going out during the week, witnessing, telling people about Christ. The men would go out witnessing, telling people about Christ. And it wasn't long until we had 40 or 50 people. Uh, I think even one time we went up to 60-some. That People that came and people that became members of Calvary Baptist Church. When I left there, there was 81 people who was called Brother Tony Vance as a full-time pastor. I wasn't a full-time pastor. They paid me $15 a week for coming there. But Brother Tony Vance went to went there as a pastor full-time, 81 people. Let me tell you, folks, I started out with three women and two children. Three women two children, that's all was there when, when I went there. Three women two children, and there was 81 people called Brother Tony Vance. God will send people, and it had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with me. It had not a thing to do with me. It had to do with those people that would go out and they would witness. They'd go out every week, every week. The, some of the women were nurses, and they worked a night shift. During the day, they'd go out and witness. Sister, Sister Maud Arnold, Sister Ann Reed used to go out during the week. They were nurses. They worked at night at the hospital, but they would go out during the day and they, they would, they would witness to people and people started coming. Now, um, there's also a need for obedience. There's a, there's a need for doing what God would have us to do. When Philip received the, the leadership to arise and go, he arose and went. Philip went this when the Lord told him. Philip had no idea why the Lord wanted him to go to Gaza. Lord, 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 Lord didn't he, 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 he the Lord told him, said he went by the way of Gaza. And here he saw this, he saw this Ethiopian eunuch there on the side of the road reading the Bible. Philip went just as some of his predecessors had done before him. Like Abraham, by faith, he went out not knowing where he was going. Would it not be wonderful if some would say, I will go if I, if I'm needed? Instead of saying, I have other things to do, excuses are given from God's children. Why I can't go? Why I can't go? Why I wait? I've had people tell me, I'm going to wait till I retire. I'm not going to do it till I retire. Well, they retire. They just still don't do it. They still don't do it. And, and, and let me tell you folks, this is, this is, uh, uh, this is, this is how God works. There's a need for 
enthusiasm for souls. We got we got to be enthusiastic about it. You know, we can't be dead. We can't be like the Dead Sea. You know, have uh, not wanting fish, wanting wanting uh, swim in the Dead Sea. Want nothing grow in the Dead Sea. It's dead. You know, a lot a lot of a lot of people are dead like the Dead Sea. Not, nothing nothing's happening to them. But there there should be enthusiasm. And there, there's also a need to lead men to Christ with the Word of God. It's the only way to do it. I've read it. I'm only, only preaching on what I just read to you. There, there's a need to lead men to Christ with the Word of God. You know, you gotta take the sword with you. You, you're not gonna do any good just going out talking to people about the weather. That's what a lot of them do. They go and they talk to people about the weather. They talk to people about the family. They talk to people about this. No, you go out there to tell them about Jesus. You'll be surprised what God will do. Be surprised what God will do for Landmark Baptist Church right here if we just go out and do it. So there's a need. There's also a need to witness as to change the countenance of the lost. You know, let me tell you, folks, people's countenance will change when you start telling them they're sinners and they're going to die and go to hell. That's the first thing was said to me. Very first thing was said to me, Brother Jim Jeffries. Now, Rhonda uh, often talked to me, and, uh, but, you know, um, I was more interested in her than I was listening to what she had to say. But but the thing about it is, is uh, Jim Jeffries pointed right at me and he said son you're going to die and go to hell that's the first time anybody ever approached me about that first time anybody ever approached me about hell but brother Jim Jeffries brother Jim Jeffries he told me he said son you're going to die and go to hell that's because I had done something terrible and 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 he tried to get me not to, to undo it and so uh uh, it takes, it takes somebody to witness to you. And, and I tell you, did my countenance change? It sure did. I, t- I rode that motorcycle down them steps. I started riding that motorcycle. And I told you here the other Sunday. And I'll tell you again. I rode that motorcycle. I said, if hell's around that next curve, I'm going to run right into it. I was that kind of person. I said, if there's such thing as hell, I'm going to run right into it. It's like, a, it's like a guy told me before, Walter Abney. Uh, matter of fact, he's not no kin to Rhonda's brother-in-law, uh, uh, Abney. But Walter Abney, he, he told me the same thing. He said, listen, he said, preacher, if there's a hell, he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to jump right in it. I said, well, you go on. Not Walter, Carl Abney. I said, I, I said, you go. And, and you, he said, I'm going to go and jump right in it first of hell. He said, I'm going to go out there and find it. I'm going to jump right in it. I said, no, first of all, you won't find it. And I said, second of all, you're not going to jump in it. And he said, oh, I will too. I said, no, you won't. Well, about uh, a year or two later, maybe two or three years later, Walter, uh, Carl came to me. There was a Walter Avenue too. But Carl came to me and he said, uh, I bet you can't guess what happened to me. I said, no. What happened to you, Carl? He said, the Lord saved me. He said, I just want to tell you the Lord saved me. 
He said, I, I, I didn't. He said, I was too stupid to know what hell was when you told me about hell. He said, I was too stupid to know. And he said, the Lord has saved me. And he said, I'm so thankful that, that I, I won't be jumping in hell. I'm so thankful that I won't be going to hell. He said, I'm thankful that the Lord saved me. And the last thing I heard, old Carl was a deacon at the church he was going to up there in Kentucky. He was a deacon at that church. So I tell you, folks, there's a need to witness so as to change the countenance of the lost. The eunuch's faith came by hearing and believing the unadulterated word of God. He was now ready and willing to be cut off from the former religious beliefs. He had his own religious beliefs, and, and, and he confessed Christ, and, did, and, and, and uh, he saw scriptural baptism from Philip, and Philip, having the authority to execute it, did. Look what, the, look what verse 39 says. He went on his way rejoicing. was an unhappy man when he left Jerusalem. He was so unhappy he got down, he, he read the word of God. But now he left a happy man rejoicing. Why? Because the Lord had saved him. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, heard the true gospel, and came away very perplexed. Now the Bible tells us he went on his way rejoicing. By the way, history tells us that this eunuch went back to Ethiopia and became a great missionary to his people. He led a lot of his people to Christ when he went back to Ethiopia. He led a lot of his people to Christ. That's what history tells us. Folks, this is the way it is with true salvation. It alarms me to find converts to religion today who, who are unhappy and, and, and are seeking after something different than what they have. They're there. They're unhappy with them. I hear them all the time. I hear him, I hear him all the time. I got a man I drink coffee with every day. And he, he, uh, he tells me, he says, our preacher, he says, he said, I just don't get nothing out of his preaching. I said, why? I said, I heard him preach a funeral sometime back and he did a good, he was a preacher that preached, uh, uh, um, Joyner, uh, what's her name? Your, your, your niece? Brooke. He's a, he's a preacher, Preach Brooks, the first one that got up. I said, I thought he did a real good job, not the second one. I thought the first one did a real good job. And uh, it was his pastor. But he said, I just don't get nothing out of his preaching. He said, I get more out of sitting down here and talking to you than I do get out of his. Well, that's, uh, that's the way it is sometimes. That's the way it is. You don't know those people out there. <clears throat> There's people out there so unhappy with, with what their church teaches, that they're just yearning for something, truth. They're just yearning for truth, wanting to know about truth. So in conclusion today, uh, let us let me use this message to provoke each of you to examine yourselves as to the salvation you have and see if you're happy with the salvation you have and you're willing to take it to someone else. You're willing to take it to someone else. You're happy with your salvation? Take it to someone else. Tell someone else about your salvation. Tell someone else. I guarantee you, as I'm standing here today, I haven't heard it, haven't heard nobody say it, but I guarantee you that Aniston has gone and told somebody else. 
about her being saved. I know Ella did. Ella did. I guarantee you that Aniston had. She's told somebody. I bet you she told some of them kids down down there at school about her being saved. Now, there's some little kids down there. They They don't know what she means by being saved. But she's still going to tell them, and she's going to keep telling them. She's going to keep telling them. Her and Ella's going to keep telling them. You know, Ella came in there with her. When she came in there and talked to me, Ella and little Kendall went in there, and Ella said, we said, said we, we, we told some of them down there, down there to uh, the school. We told some of our friends at school and said that, uh, said, Aniston said, I, I, I need to talk to Brother Paul. Told those friends, I, I got to go talk to Brother Paul. Let me tell you, folks, it's catching. It really is. We just we just hadn't got the disease yet. We just hadn't got it yet. It's catching. We just hadn't got it yet. All right, let's all stand and, and let's form our circle of prayer.